Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Gridiron Blitz right here on TuneIn, Googlecast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, as well as on the Global Women's Sports Radio, and now on Spotify, and as always on Block Talk Radio. Host Oscar Lopez here. We're going to have a great uh, podcast today. We are going to be talking to four time Legends Football League champion of the Chicago Bliss, Chantel Taylor going to be exposing some things about this rebrand of X-League plus the previous mud mess that was Legends Football League. Um, so we're going to be talking pretty much extensive uh, debate and questions and everything that's going down there. Just the fact that uh, this league, after 10 years, has not been able to uh, kind of compensate the players. A big issue, big issue with uh, Chantel. So she's going to be talking about it soon here in about 15 minutes. But we got to be talking about Super Bowl 54, and who else to talk uh, Super Bowl 54 than with uh, our Hall of Famer, 2018 Hall of Famer, and Utah Falcon for WNFC 2020, and that would be our own Holly Custis in the house right now. Um, Holly, uh, congratulations. Niners get it done, and they go to Miami. Yeah, what a win. I was so excited. It was it was a total beatdown of the Packers, and, uh, you know, it was an awesome feeling, I think, from top to bottom on both sides of the ball. We just completely dominated. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that matchup with Kansas City, uh, uh, you know, in a week and a half here. I knew we kind of expected that. Um, I was hoping for the Titans to get in, but the Titans actually – you know, just didn't have enough. I mean, they played well. They just didn't play good enough to win. And uh, Kansas City really came in with, you know, a good game plan. So they get they get the nod to go to Miami first. So this is it, uh, red versus red, I guess. You know, gold versus gold. You know, see a red at this point. Yeah, I mean, with the Kansas City and uh, Titans game, I feel like the Titans came out pretty strong. Uh, they were feeding the ball to Derrick Henry. Uh, but the problem with the Titans is that they're built to be in games where they're either ahead or in a close game. They're not built to come from behind. And so the minute Kansas City started to pull away, they just didn't – they kind of abandoned the run and, and tried to keep up with the pass, and that's just not who they are. Um, and then the run that's uh, – uh, you know, uh, Mahomes had in the second quarter, it was evident that the Titans um, were not interested in trying to tackle him. Um, it was a real poor tackling effort, a great run by him, and I think that play kind of just turned uh, the tide of that game and uh, that it was a, a Chiefs game to lose at that point. Um, you know, I think the Titans had a great year. I just think that they just didn't have enough balance uh, to keep up with Kansas City, um, and uh, that's why you had the result that uh, we did. Yeah, I mean, it was strange, Holly. At one point, they were leading like 17-7, to 7, 
and then they let the Chiefs just completely, you know, I guess we shouldn't take away anything from the Chiefs. I mean, they're very explosive. Hill, right, was very explosive. Uh, Watkins, very explosive. So um, the better team did win, in other words. They did, you know, turn it around. They ran off 28 points to take, a, I think, a 35-17 lead in the second half, uh, which at that point, it was just a backbreaker for the Titans because, like you said, they're not – they weren't built to pass, and they were there at that point. Were forced to pass because they were really relying on their running game. So it was just a detriment to them, I guess, in that way because they weren't two dimensional in that sense. They were just one dimensional, and the Chiefs basically made them one dimensional. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like, um, you know, especially after the Chiefs came back when they were down twenty-four to nothing against the Texans who do have a bit more of a passing attack that they can go to. Uh, you know, the Titans really needed, when they were up 10 to nothing, to really put the, uh, you know, their, their foot on the throat. And I feel like they may have abandoned the run game a little too early in this game. Um, and that might be something that they learn from going forward, is, is sometimes you have to remember who you are and um, I think that the Chiefs took advantage of the Titans going away from who they are. Uh, they definitely deserve to, to be in the Super Bowl. I think, um, you know, early in this playoffs, uh, I definitely thought that the Chiefs would be that team that would get to uh, this point, especially with Baltimore going out. Um, and we'll see what uh, happens in, in the Super Bowl. I definitely think it will be a great matchup between Mahomes and the defensive line of the Niners. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, it was just a, a situation where I think defensively your team just played lights out. Then offensively, everybody's criticizing, oh, my God, Garoppolo didn't do anything, you know, out here on the West Coast. But, you know, <laughs> a reality is he didn't have to do anything. I mean, Mozart uh, took care of business on the on the run. They couldn't stop the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, mm-hmm. why force your, why force your quarterback to to play action when you don't need to if they can't if they can't stop it right? Why, why change it? Yeah, and that's something that we've heard uh, again. Um, I spoke, spoke about this uh, last week. Is it's really interesting is that no matter what milestone the Niners have met this year, the the narrative is always well they're really good but dot dot dot. Well they played really well. But dot dot dot. There's always a caveat um, with the uh, respect level of this team, and it seems to be after this game. Well, Jimmy only threw it eight times, so can he keep up with the Chiefs? And I think that's if, if I think that's kind of um, a disservice to this team and to Jimmy because he's proven that he can win multiple ways when he played in New Orleans, <clears throat> and we had a lot of injuries and things happening and we needed him to step up, he came out and threw the ball all over the yard and had multiple touchdowns, and we won in a shootout. So we can win that way. It's just I feel like it's more to do with Shanahan and his growth and development because you have to remember he was the coordinator with the Falcons when they blew that large lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I think through that process, he's kind of learned – okay, you know, if it's working, why am I going to change it? And so the last two, definitely the playoffs, a little bit in that last regular season game, I saw him do this, where he's like, well, we're a run-first team. 
they're not stopping us. I'm not going to change it until they stop us. So it has it has basically nothing to do with Jimmy and everything to do with how well we ran the ball. So the interesting thing that I've heard nationally is that everyone's like, well, can the Niners keep up with the Chiefs offense? And firstly, the, the defense, the defensive front of the Niners is so strong that they don't need the foots that often. They can get home with their front four, and that's something that not a lot of teams can do, and I think they can do against Mahomes. And number two, nobody seems to be talking about the Chiefs' defense and that they're towards the bottom of the league when it comes to run defense. So I expect us to – we'll probably have more balance, and we definitely will throw the ball a bit more, but I will expect they're going to go run first again against the Chiefs. And uh, so it's going to be an interesting matchup, I think, the Niners kind of have right now the people that don't pay attention to them think that they're like the Titans and we just run the ball a thousand times. And it's true and it's not because the motion that we have in their offense is comparable to the Chiefs motion. They just motion to pass and we motion to run. So that's mm-hmm. where it's going to get really interesting is watching those two call the offensive plays and going back and forth and it should be a lot of fun. In a Super Bowl, it's always been the weak link, right? If you don't have a great defense, that is usually the detriment to you because if you come in with a great offense, the defense is really bad. But, you know, I just think like everybody else is talking about, hey, you know, uh, Garoppolo is not this great quarterback. But uh, to your point, the system doesn't allow him to be a great quarterback. Unlike, you know, the Chiefs, which the system is made for the quarterback to decide the game. We're here – I think, to your point, I think Kyle has learned that it's not necessarily, you know, offensive, explosive plays, in other words. It's just a matter of a basic concept, and if they can't stop it, they can't stop it. And Mozart, I mean, three touchdowns, that just that just shows that, you know, he had confidence in the kid, and obviously he came through and didn't need to pass. I mean, I was disappointed because on my fantasy, you know, I was playing FanDuel, and no Sanders and no Kittle – got catches and that kind of cost me some money but you know when you play real live game you know it's the different story and the the key I think here will be uh can Kansas City like to your point can Kansas City really adapt to the shifts that that uh, Kyle has brought on because defensively there's no no question that the defense is probably above the, the Chiefs defense bar none I mean they've been the best defense all year, and this is where they're going to have to show it. But unless Kansas City, like you said, shows up with a different mindset in two weeks, uh, I think everybody's taking the Niners at this point for for that reason. Um, Holly, so people can now listen to you on Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, and the only reason I bring it up is because we are now on the biggest listenership platforms to bring awareness to women's American football. So thanks to you, thanks to Mac. Thanks to Troy and everybody else before that, Louise, uh, Erica Lynn, Eric Brown, and Kishi Free. Uh, we are now at another level, which is I'm totally stoked. I was stoked last week. I'm still stoked from this week. Yeah, I think it, it's awesome. Again, like the more uh, listenership that we have out there, the more exposure that our sports uh, gains, and that's really, really important. Um, so, I, you know, props to you for, for building this and, I'm really excited to see what else comes of it. Now, um, there's a so-called former WFL alumni and so-called maybe superstar now, and that would be Katie Sowers. 
on your squad of all squads um, and looking yes. to probably put a ring on her finger in a, in a different way. Um, so, I mean, she's been spotlighted everywhere. I mean, everywhere you can think of, you know, sporting news, uh, SI, uh, I mean, NFL commercials now. Um, so what do you, what do you say to that? I think it's really good <clears throat> exposure for um, not only our sport, but also female coaches as well. And it's really kind of funny because the last two days, especially my Facebook timeline has exploded with Katie everywhere, Katie everywhere. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it's everywhere now. And people that are not followers necessarily of football in general are now talking about her, which is a very awesome thing to see. And now I have people that, you know, uh, know me and know that I have been playing for a long time and they'll be like, well, do you know Katie? I'm like, yeah, I've played against and with her like for many years. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And there's, there's actually quite a few people that are also coaching too. And they're like, what? And so it's a great sounding board uh, to get more exposure to people that didn't know that our sport existed and didn't know that there were so many female uh, coaches out there currently. So I I think it's great overall. Um, I definitely think that commercial was well done, and I I hope that uh, it's a thing that we continue to see with other coaches as well. And we got to give props to Callie Brownson and uh, Coach Locus also, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. And Buffalo did really well this year too, and she's on the staff there too. So the growth in in the Bills regime – it's going just going to get better and better, and uh, obviously Callie has contributed to some of that as well. And and then Coach Locos out there, you know, doing her thing. And Tampa Bay is probably going to get better and better too. So you know the uh, the the fact that we have these three individuals now in these in these high level you know NFL positions really it speaks volumes about you know the the things that were happening with the uh, the women's forum that happened to kind of present everything. And obviously Sam Rappaport had a lot to do with that as well. So, so now we, now we're seeing kind of like the fruit of the laboring. Yeah. I, I definitely think that there is a wave behind the scenes that people didn't realize was happening. And now we're starting to see the fruits of that labor. And I just uh, hope that that can continue and that it provides, uh, you know, role models for young girls to look up to so that they know in the future they can do the same thing, too. So I think it's awesome all the way around. Well, the opportunity, Heidi, is there for her to win a Super Bowl championship in her, what, this is her third year or second second year with the Niners, right? Third year overall because she was with Atlanta as a scout. So, And then yeah. she went to the Super Bowl with Atlanta that one year when – when she was a scout as well, but now she's actually, uh, you know, kind of on the coaching staff as an, an assistant offensive coach. So it's a lot, you know, it's actually more legit. In other words, if you want to, you know, people want to talk about that. Oh, she was only a scout or whatever. Okay. Well, you know, let's erase that. And then let's just put it as as facts as it is today, which is she is on the coaching staff. And so it's, uh, you know, what, what a moment for the WFA. Uh, What a moment for like Lisa King. Uh, What a moment for all the owners in the WFA to have, you know, uh, a superstar individual like herself uh, who played on the world stage and now is playing on the biggest, or she's going to be present on the biggest stage, and the opportunity for her to earn a Super Bowl ring, you know, with this uh, amazing squad that they've built in San Francisco for over two years now, and now here here we see it. You know, powerful defense, 
and the offense is just a somewhat of a balanced offense, but it's still, you know, it's, it's winning games. And you said they find ways to win and they've done it. And, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, it's not going to be any different against the chiefs. And hopefully, you know, it's 50 years since Kansas city has gotten here. And I'm thinking maybe Andy Reid really has to come up with some real good playbook to take down the Niners. Yeah. I would not be surprised if Andy Reid had a bunch of, trick plays and I would not be surprised if there's fake punts. Um, you know, the Niners might come up with some more stuff too, but I really think it's more Andy Reid. He might just not have a cheeseburger like he did when he won the (laughs) NFC championship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I I think that at the end of the day, um, you can always have a cheeseburger, but it, you can't always have a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. So I think he would rather take the ring than the cheeseburger. <laughs> well, of course. Uh, a Brooke Leash out there, uh, one of our no-joke football athletes, she's stoked. She was one, she's the one that met uh, Patrick Mahomes. So you know where she's leaning towards, Holly, right? She's going on yeah. Chiefs Kingdom for that Super Bowl. So uh, good luck to Brooke, as you would say. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I've uh, – I met uh, uh, Jimmy G this year, too, so we each got a quarterback in the race. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, you guys can go to the hub. Miss anything that's going on in the women's game, you go to the best network on the planet, and that's at facebook.com forward slash That is the place to be to get the lowdown on what's happening, not just in the U.S. scene, but globally as well. And uh, so we'll, we'll, done the, we'll do the recap after the second hour. We're going to have also have – in the No Joke Football Huddle, second No Joke Football Huddle in about an hour, we are going to have Terrence Haywood of the Icon Women's Football Association in Texas, which he's elevating another level of 8-on-8 eight eight, uh, football brand. And in 2021, he's going to be looking to expand beyond Texas. So we're going to be talking to him in about an hour. But let's go into the huddle right now, sponsored by Zazzle.com. And you can go to Zazzle right now, get up to 20% off. You can buy anything at the Zazzle shop, at the No Joke Football shop, and get 20% off, um, and use the code, daily code there. You can subscribe to Zazzle Black for about $9.99. You get free shipping in the U.S. for a year. So it's a great deal to go to Zazzle.com and get that done. So let's go into the huddle, and let's talk to the uh, four-time LFL Chicago Bliss champion, and that would be Chantel Taylor. Telly, what is going on today? Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you all? Telly, we're good. Um, Hello. You're on with myself can you hear me? And uh, Holly Custis as well. Yeah, we can hear you clearly. Okay, cool. Uh, Telly, uh, can you, before we start all this stuff, can you tell the fans what you've been up to since uh, you departed Chicago with all those four titles? Um, recently I, um, broke free of the LFL and I got my CDL, so I'm driving 18 wheelers. Um, right now I drive for a refrigerated company, um, delivering food throughout the Chicagoland area. So, um, I am pretty much blogging and just traveling and being happy and glad I'm done with Mitchell and all of the BS that came with that, so... I'm just happy that I was able to break free. So uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm from shocked or not shocked because you're so talented and this rigs, you know what I mean? Did it take a long time for you kind of to get adjusted to 
you know, how to dry that stuff? Oh, so no. I grew up. I grew up around the trucking industry, um, so I'm, you know I'm a daddy's oh, girl. Wow. So I've been around my father and my uncles my whole entire life, um, with driving trucks. So I always knew eventually, um, if the football didn't work out, that would be my next um, path in life. So yeah, that's pretty impressive. You know that because not a lot of people can do Definitely. that. Definitely, not a lot of people can even back up a trailer. <laughs> Let alone get Glad around you came back up a car, maneuvering. Let you know? alone a, a 53 foot trailer. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, awesome. What 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 a cool cool thing. Um, we had Coach Hack here before. You know Coach Hack. Um, I had him. I love Coach after Hack. He de- <laughs> after he departed, right? I had him after he departed. He came on the show. Yeah, I remember and that. And literally said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just uh, Mitch is a liar. Uh, just bottom line. And so. He wanted to change certain things with the brand, right? He wanted to emphasize Absolutely. an evolution of the brand. He wanted to take it to a level where obviously you guys got paid and got and got paid almost like arena football league players because that's where he came right. from. The opportunity was there yep. obviously to evolve and get paid, right? And that's the, that was the end goal for him. It was like he didn't just I want mean, to coach just to coach. He wanted to coach so that you guys could get respected and in the same realm that maybe arena football players do. Definitely. Um, Hack, as far as the football side of everything, is that man is a, a genius at what he does. Like, I cannot take away anything from him as far as football. He knows his stuff. So when it came to us being coached and the way that he coached us up, I always felt like whatever Hack said, whatever he did, however we needed to adjust, he wasn't wrong that many times. So, um, yeah, that man, he know what he's doing as far as the football and the football aspect of um, everything. So he taught me a lot. He taught me everything I know about football. So I can't, Tell you, uh, take, I can't take that away from him. Yeah, um, you, you're such a beast. Uh, highlight reels show it. You played with passion, a lot of drive. Not many people wanted to, you know, stand in front of you on the line. Because they knew obviously that Absolutely. you were coming, and so yes, um, you know a lot of fans, <laughs> a lot of fans have a lot of love for you. You know a lot of fans in Chicago miss you basically because you know no different than Allie and and every other player that had played on that team. You know Dominique. Um, so those those Bliss teams, uh, you know, coached by Hack, uh, it, it's like none of you guys were no joke. You guys were real. You know, and taking and that's team the thing people. about Hack. Like Hack was very adamant about picking um, selectively players that he know could do the job. So when I came into football, I wasn't, I didn't have any football knowledge. I wasn't aware of the language of football. Like I was completely, I always used to jack, um, joke with Hack about like it's literally football one on one for dummies for me because I did not understand football. So. I feel like Hack's talent, how he can see, like the vision that he can see for you and to put you where you need to be, just to teach you, like to coach you up where you need to be, like that's a God-given talent that Hack has. And it's not that many coaches that can see that ability. Um, like a lot of these coaches in the LFL, they just in the in the league for – whatever reasons they are, but it's not because they really interested, in my opinion, in, in, in the game of football. It's just it's another facade that people hide behind, um, just doing something because it sounds cute. So, Did you, by any chance, 
uh, you went through the phase where we talked about, uh, you know, off air as well. You went through that phase at the beginning, like every other tryout athletes at right now, right? The hope that that's going to grow to a bigger stage, the hope that you're going to get to TV deals and maybe some sponsorship deals and benefit you in the long run. Uh, but you know, it never, I mean, you went through that phase as well and you went to the, at a point where the league was at a status where maybe it could have break, it could have broken through, but it just means like the ownership always failed. Just, I mean, if you look at the history of the league, the owner has always failed it. It's hyped a lot of um, stuff, but it never delivered. Absolutely. So that's what the biggest problem is of the LFL. Mitchell Martaza, he is, it's a dictatorship. Like, he is in complete control over everything. So what's going on is all these years, I, I, I joined the lingerie league when I was 19 years old. So going into um, the end of 2010, beginning of 2011, that was my, my era when I started coming around. Um, so I've been around the league for a very long time, and I know I've seen everything that Knicks could possibly throw out to us to make us believe that it could get bigger and one day it's going to be on a national platform and one day we're going to get paid. But that one day and that, those one days, they never come. And I believe that we as women just needing like validation and hiding behind the identity of how good he make it look because – you know, we women, and we like the idea of pretty pictures. We like the idea of a million likes on Instagram. Like, that's just a, unfortunately, day, time, and era that my generation thrive off of and live in. Um, but nonetheless, that's exactly what it is. It's a dream being so, and all he's going to do is, for as long as he can, continue to sell a dream. So now that I'm, you know, more awake, i like I stated before, I've been doing this since I was 19 years old. Now I'm 30. I just got out the league when I was 29. Um, 2019, that was my first year completely, like, giving it up. Like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I can't continue to live in this life, living this lie. I know that this man is not going to ever do nothing that he's saying. I finally realized it. On top of the way that he, like, the gender discrimination and the body shaming and how he treat women and talk to women overall, it's it's not worth it. And it's like once you wake up and see that all these dreams are being sold to us and you know that it's not ever going to get better, you just – it's like a, a a change that you have over your body and it's like you won't allow yourself to continue to settle and be manipulated over something that you know is not ever going to get better. And Mitch doesn't ever plan on it getting any better. All he plans on doing is – Relying on us women because we love the game that much, he's going to continue to rely on us to show up to make him rich, and that's what we're doing. And really, in doing that, we're taking our talents, gifts, abilities, everything that God gave us, we're taking it off of granted, and we're being used, really misused for something that we should be getting paid to do. And he's the only person that's making all of the money, him and Heather. So um, it's, it's messed up, like, I don't know. I did it for 10 years, so I, I would be really hurt to see another decade go past and women younger than me, like, we're so big now in this big women's movement and this so women's empowerment. I just don't understand how women can't take a stand to inconvenience themselves for a couple games. It's not like it's that many games in a season. you got to remember that we have 
four games a month. We practice twice a week for eight months straight, all for free. You have to sell tickets, promote. Um, if you don't show up or sell tickets, all of these things are mandatory. You face the chance of possibly getting bitched or banned. And it's like he actually put a fear in us, and he's not doing anything for us. So we unpaid. He's getting paid. Um Everything that we do, we have to pay for the equipment, $150 equipment fee. We have to pay a $45 amateur fee. Um, I, I don't get where the girls keep saying, like, they're professional football superstars. Like, we're, we, haven't, we, we haven't reached that level. Um, it's just on the platform that people see from the outside looking in. That's what he makes it look like. But it's the farthest thing from professional. And... The fact that these women are taking that and running with it and continuing to live in the lie that we are professional athletes. We are not professional athletes. This is a glorified hobby, what we do. Tully, um, you had so many talented players on your team, and now some of those are obviously they, – they left. As soon as Hack left, uh, that franchise was done. It was dissembled, you know, uh, un, un, just unmantled, basically just crushed. And he said the moment he walked away, a lot of players would walk away because it wasn't real football. And he said these players will not be participating in anything beyond if he's not coaching it because they know it's not real football because they've played real football, right? So that's the attitude. Yeah, and, that, and Hack was right about that. And Hack did his best to, um, I want to say, ensure or make us believe that it was, you know, to a certain extent as real as it could possibly be. But in Hack's mind, this is make-believe football. Hack never took none of, none of it serious. Um, mm-hmm. He took it serious to the, extent, to the extent of I'm here for the girls and I want the girls to learn and know football. And like I said, going from really the LFL in this instance, transitioning to um, the WFLA, the Women's Football League Association, it's like from a girl to a woman because that's how I look at it now. You know what I'm saying? Because there's no right. reason for these grown women to still want to be dictated and manipulated. Even if we're not playing in the WFLA for a whole entire year, why is it that important or that hard to let go or take a stand to inconvenience yourself for a little bit of time just to see what he's going to do or what he's not going to do. And it's, for whatever the reason is, we're so scared it to do for that. A year. It wasn't way for a year. Remember when he did the change from one season to the next, he took a year off. So it's the same mentality. It's like he did take a year off. So it wasn't like you can't take a year off. Um, Tell me, what do you the think mentality of was, The mentality with that was he took a year off. So we didn't no, have right. a choice but to – you know, understand right. what I'm saying. We didn't decide to no. take a year off. It was he. He took a year off in the United States. So to do, to come up with a whatever another con or scam that he had to, that took him a year to come up with. You understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Oh yeah. So that's Clearly. what that was about. That didn't have nothing to do with us. That had something to do with another way for him to figure out how he about to get his money in another continent or another place or another um, country. That's what that had to do with. Now. um Kelly, you've gone through everything. Nobody's going to, you know, everything you're, that you're stating here is obviously truth because you've lived it, like you said, for almost 10 years. Uh, this rebrand, when it came out, I was thinking, okay, maybe he'll rebrand and something different. But then when I started di- diving into the public uh, documents about 
you know, how Nikki Johnson and uh, Melissa Margulis were, were suing him in the last, what, uh, three mm-hmm. three years or so and never showed up to court. And, and then I kind of figured out he's going to figure out a way to swindle again, and this is what it was, a rebrand. This is the rebrand to get away from the legal recourse that was looming, basically. Absolutely, and I kept telling everybody when they kept feeding the the, the brains of, oh, it's going to be another announcement. Oh, he's making another announcement. Oh, what can possibly happen? The week that I had a discrepancy in guy when he blocked me off of the um, Instagram page, that same week I kept saying, what are y'all excited about? All he's doing is changing the name of the league to something else to continue to bring women along, to string women along, to make women think that, oh, it's going to be better this year. Like, it's never going to be anything but his personal piggy bank because for whatever the reason is, we just can't let it go, even though we know that it's not okay. It's so hard to stop doing it. And what's even more mind-boggling to me is the injuries that women get that they have to pay for out of their pocket. Like, I'm really, like, blessed because in the whole 10 years that I played, I was a smart player, I was a hard player, but I never played to the extent where I didn't care or think about what if I get hurt this next down? Who's going to take care of me? My mom and my daddy going to have to take care of me. Mitch, you're not going to make sure I'm okay. And I knew that. So I made sure to make it a point to not get hurt. So I feel terrible for all of the other women across the league that gotten hurt, gotten surgeries, big serious injuries, and then come back and play and just be so happy to do it all over again. Like, and then he's posting about it. Like, he put in on getting somebody's soldier, shoulder reconstructed. Which is, which like, is totally I don't hilarious. It's totally hilarious when I see that. I was like, <laughs> seriously, bro. Right, uh, you know, right. Like they Quintana, both look Quintana like I don't understand. Like Quintana Brokerney in Denver, and she's coming back for another season. I'm like, yeah. Mind-boggling to me. And 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 then to touch on that topic, what people don't know is I've been kind of diving into this um, insurance fraud um, thing. So what I just found out, Mitch, his way of getting us to buy into what he's doing. When you sign a contract, you have to take your work insurance, whatever company or career that you have, you have to take your work insurance and you have to sign it up with the LFL on the LFL file. Now, what he's doing is he's making every woman in the league commit um, insurance fraud because it's illegal to sign your insurance up with your job to something that's an amateur sport because that means you're doing it for fun. So technically, right. our insurance for these jobs that we work for is not responsible if anything happens and you try to use your insurance because you got hurt playing an amateur sport, which is where we are. Amateurs is for fun. We don't. That means we don't get paid to do it. Um, you can go to jail for that. So just to let everybody know in the LFL, if y'all didn't know and y'all plan on playing this year and you sign a contract and you take your insurance and you put it in the LFL file with your job, you could possibly be committing a crime and go to jail for that. So if it's that serious, again, y'all really need to dig deep into what y'all doing because Mitch is only looking out for himself. When y'all understand he doesn't care about us and he never did, we will be able to stop. But until then, it's going to be a never-ending cycle because we like hiding behind the pretty pictures. We like the facade of people that think that it's so cool and it makes people want to talk to us and it's just, 
like I, everybody needs to get some umph about themselves at this point. Um, let me bring yeah, in Holly here because Holly, Holly's, uh, you know, seen this mess for a long time. <laughs> yeah, Holly. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey, it's Holly. Holly Custis. Hey. Oh, hey, hey Holly. So I played um, going on 14 years on uh, the full kit tackle side, and I've had many friends along the way who've played in the LFL in and out, but I've heard many, many stories. Um, I've been friends with Nikki Johnson for a, a hot minute. Uh, so I've heard the ins and outs and this whole process. I've felt very bad for the athletes in this league. And, you know, I really feel like there are really solid people and athletes in this league and coaches. And it seemed to me having talked to people in and out of the league, that there was a big divide between the philosophy of are we going to be athletes or are we going to be entertainers? And I feel like Mitch, in my opinion, and I'm already blocked from all his stuff, so I'm not really worried. Um, don't worry, you're blocked from shit already. <laughs> welcome to the group. I don't think he actually cares about women at all. I think it has everything to do with his ego, what makes him feel good, right? He doesn't take care of his athletes. He puts you in, in equipment that's not guaranteed to actually protect you at all. He doesn't take care of you if you do get hurt. He got in trouble with the IRS because he mislabeled you guys, um, contractors, but was trying to, you know, uh, use you as employees, which you can't do. I'm not surprised about the insurance thing. He's, he's trying to run from his legal problems by starting a new brand. He doesn't care about the athletes, and that makes me very sad. But I'm also very happy to hear more and more people starting to recognize that because you guys as female athletes deserve better. You've always deserved better. You deserve recognition for who you are and the effort and work that you put in. So I'm very happy, even though I know that it, it, it sucks right now. I'm happy that some people are starting to recognize that. You're seeing that this is not right and that you're taking steps to try to figure out what's best for you. So I just want to commend you on that because considering you're in this league for so long, I know that was probably very difficult. You probably had years where you debated it with, uh, with yourself internally. So I'm basically just giving you a pat on the back because I think you deserve better. Absolutely. I appreciate that, Holly. Thank you. For real. You're um, welcome. That's my, my little rant. There's always been things that – have been highlighted in this league, it's all about negativity. Um, that's why I'm confused as to all of a sudden whether it's X-League, women's empowerment, this is the new era, like, cut the BS, Mitchell. Just cut it, please. This is It's all a facade. It's all about what he feels, what he can dictate, who he can string along again to sell a game to to make them think, oh, Mitch likes me, like, I'm in his corner. I'm up under his wing. He's going to use me for this. He's going to use me for that. If you know that that's what he's doing and that's what you want to run with and you okay like you're consciously aware of that, then use him. But don't think that he's having you take pictures and market you and promote you because he cares about you. Um, 
all of my teammates right now, I'm kind of in an uproar with my teammates because they feel like I shouldn't be going about how I'm doing this this way. And a lot of other women, I've been getting phone calls saying the same thing. So my question to all of my quote-unquote LFL sisters, nobody else has ever been able to call Mitch out on any of his BS, yet I'm the only person taking a stand, finally coming out and doing it. So why don't y'all show me how y'all would go about doing it since I'm not doing it the right way? Like, help me out because I don't remember the last woman that decided to take a stand and stand up against Mitch and let him know, oh, when he come in the locker room and be disrespectful, nobody never tell him this is negativity and he's going about it the wrong way. I, yeah, you I speak definitely. the truth out oh, there. Go ahead, officer. No, I mean, you speak the truth. And then as far as the wild clips, everything that I ever seen on the LFL YouTube channel for a wild clip is us fighting, us um, being disrespectful. It's nothing empowering. Um, every time it's a wild clip, it's a coach cursing out a player. Um, coaches and players get into altercations in locker room. What is empowering about this? I never see a wild clip of me making a big stop on fourth and goal or the one-handed um, – 50-yard passes that the receivers like A.J. used to catch this, that used to be with the Bliss on my team or the interceptions that Allie used to get. Like, I've never seen none of these good things that real athletes are doing highlighted. I'm confused. Like, what, like, what are we not seeing? What are we not getting? Like, how can we not see this? Like, but we've just been conditioned to do and act like what Mitch want us to act because it's, Entertaining, like you said, Holly. It's, this is entertainment. It's like the WWE or like um, wrestling or something. It's not real athletes. It's not real. It's real athletes, but it's not real, like a real sport. It's just women running around in a costume, like playing football for real. But it's solely entertainment. And the draw is us being sexually exploited. Why do we have to play football in a bra and panties? Like, when did that become okay? And then once he changed it and tried to make us wear pants, he had to change it back because what happened? I'm pretty sure he was losing a fan base. And that couldn't happen because that has to do with his money. So what do we do? We didn't take a stand, even though we all felt some type of way about going back to where those little bitty things, right? Yeah, and I, I have to tell you, like, when he went back on that, I was I was really disappointed because, again, at the end of the day, the people that I've known that have been in the league, you guys work really hard. You work just as hard as any other athlete. So you should deserve to feel like an athlete. And so when we've talked to people before, it seems like there are a bunch of people that have been in and out of that league that want to play football. And that is what they fell in love with. And it makes me really sad that that's at odds with his vision, which is basically – he wants everything built in like his image. So it, it's basically him building an image of Mitch and where women are not valued for what they can do, but how they look. And that makes me sad because the, you can totally be an attractive person and also make plays at the same time. And, and I feel like they lose sight of that when they're just focused on what the people look like or what the outfits they're wearing. And, and it, it makes me kind of sad. So I'm glad that you're taking this stand and I know that you're not the only one because I've talked to people. <laughs> so I hope that you don't feel I like that. I know I'm not either, but the, the yeah. thing, I know I'm not the only one. And what's so crazy and what's so funny about the whole issue at hand is 
Personally, I have never been personally victimized by Mitch or Heather. Like, Heather has never emailed me a fat Weight Watchers email. Um, Mitchell has never disrespected me, like, as a one-on-one interaction, like, as far as a group and how he, everybody shut the F up. I'm talking, absolutely, yes. I've dealt with that the whole entire time I've been in the league. But as far as things that I know that other women have personally come to me saying that they've dealt with from him on a personal one-on-one basis, like, that man will never disrespect me or play with me. And that's another reason why I feel like now I don't have anything to lose. I walked away from the LFL. The LFL didn't walk away with me. I walked away with things that I earned that were not given to me. Therefore, what is the secret? Like, me telling a fan that you made millions off of us, what, why does that entail me being blocked? Like, if you know we're not getting paid and everybody else know we're not getting paid, what is the big, what is the secret? Yeah, I, I don't know that one. I, like, I just feel like he, <clears throat> anything that he doesn't agree with, he just wants to shut out and it, he's to focus on his image and not what's best for his players. And if you are the owner of the league, and you want to be successful, it's like being the owner of a, or CEO of a business. If you take care of your employees, they will take care of the business. If you don't take care of your players, <clears throat> you can't be surprised if they're upset and they want to walk away. Absolutely. And there's been a lot of women in this league that have felt like this over the years and want to walk away. But for whatever the reason is, it's like we just can't find the strength to come together to – not do it because we just love the fun and the game day. And I guess this is the realest platform that a lot of women feel like, oh, we get the lights, camera, action. And then we get the fake game that air on YouTube every week. And then we get the pretty pictures. And then we get, I guess, Mitch thinking that you, his little sister or his favorite, and you get brainwashed into feeling like, oh, Mitch is this, LFL God and I got to be perfect for him and I got to do everything he wants me to do to take these pictures and be in these promotions and it's just like who the fuck is Mitch like who are you like I don't it, it makes me so disgusted to know that he has this much control and power over people he do not care about and it's like we just fall right into the trap and we just go with it and now we're here and it's just messed up because Mitchell, really, as far as the women in this league, he made us hate us. He made all of us be in competition. He made all of us look at one girl like, oh, she not better than me. What she get to play for? Oh, she not prettier than me. Why she get to take a picture? Like, he made us hate us. And how I know this, just recently, um, OG Agam Chichindu of Los Angeles Temptation, um, everybody knows she's on a, a bigger platform now as far as the, the basketball-wise. Um, recently, I never knew me and her had an issue or had a problem. Um, just last year, around this time, she invited me and Chris Dale to L.A. She wanted us to play in L.A. She was explaining how bad she wanted her last year of football to be magical. Um, for whatever the reason was, she didn't play, neither did I. Chris Dale, she went and played for the Austin Acoustics. But nonetheless, I had just recently reached out to her and asked her for her help as far as getting the story pushed and promoted. And um, pretty much she responded in the manner as F you, F the LFL, F Mitch. Like, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with none of you, you bees, and respectfully so. 
And I was just like, whoa, like, I thought this was supposed to be like a women helping women thing. And especially seeing on Basketball Wise, she just pulled a whole colorism card with Evelyn Lozada as far as women are picking on her because of her skin color. So that makes me feel like she's only out for a certain generation or um, certain color skin type of women. So for whatever the reason, the backlash that she lashed out of me, like I said, I thought we were cool and I don't, um, I felt very disrespected about that and I don't appreciate that. And it's funny seeing that she was on um, WGCI, um, Kendra G, a very prominent Chicago host in Chicago. And I guess Kendra G went to LA and interviewed her. She was talking about, it was one scene that she had um, in the interview where she was talking about how she's a woman's advocate and she would never stand behind somebody pulling the trigger and disrespecting people or hurting women. And it was just like, wow, like, bro, you just contradicted your whole interview. But I just like to put people on blast and show them, like, this is what you did wrong. But you understand, you do know, eventually I don't come to people. I don't ask people for help. I needed your help. And now you said, F me. So now that's that's the game that we – that's the type of time that we are now, like – that's, I feel the same way now. So we don't have to pretend like we cool, cordial, like you stay on your side of the board with it. You tell your story however you want to tell your story. You promote the LFL as if it's professional. So with me now exposing the LFL, saying that it's not professional, that's going to cause a lot of controversy. So, I mean, I guess we just going to ride this wave and see where this wave go. But um, I don't like the fact that her – me giving her a chance trying to be um, cool with her when my, her, her teammates already warned me about the type of woman that she was. It just goes back to this league make it feel like every woman for themselves. And that's what he makes us feel like. It's a competition. Even though your team, is, the team is not really a team because the team is clicked up. It's competition amongst the team. And that's a problem. And, and those type of teams will never be a family, will never win championships. All you're going to do is play together forever. That's it. Yeah, that, you know, what you were talking about is interesting because one of the things I love about playing is the connection with the people I play with. So if that's, like, kind of been your experience, I'm sorry for that, and I hope that uh, you can find a different outlet and that that can be resolved at all because that is what makes it so awesome to me is to be able to connect with my teammates and to bond with them uh, with what you go through. So uh, I'm sorry that that happened, and um, you know, I definitely think um, uh, that you have a strong head on your shoulders. And, you know, basically what I can say is welcome to the block list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Block welcome party. <laughs> block party. Ch- Ch- For real. Chantel knows, Chantel knows I've, I've been on the on the uh, pin board probably for almost eight years because I've spoken out against him for everything that's not business model related. And the shame mm-hmm. that he wasn't able to even pay the players a long time. Um, so and I mean, he uh, obviously has it. he can do it. He just don't plan on ever doing it. I know. It. And like I said, I know he can do it. Stay in this league and believe that he is going to do it. It's never going to happen. Um, I just believe and hope and pray and wish that we all can come together. Like it don't matter how hard I push for us, no matter how hard I stand up and talk about how bad Mitch is, if we keep going back to the league, we're just giving him life. Until yeah. all of us take a stand and say no longer, exclamation point, 
then he's gonna have life. But until he until we take a stand all together, this is gonna continue forever. But my goal now is because the women that are still victims or feel like whatever the reason is, they just need it to use it as a hobby or they need to be involved in it. My goal is maybe to reach out to, you know, the fan base and let the whole world know from the outside looking in we're not treated as athletes the way women athletes are supposed to be treated. We are disrespected. We are broken down. We are um, completely discriminated against. It's not a happy place. Everything about it is negative. And then when we get out there on the field, it's like we turn that energy and take the frustration that we all deal with um, and try to just do the best we can with it on the field. But from the time you walk into a game, an LFL game day, all the way to the end of the day, it's a draining, exhausting experience. Telly, um, what will you uh, try to accomplish in the WFLA once it launches? It's supposed to be 2021. I'm sorry. You guys, you're going to be. No, I said, what do you plan oh, so to? Oh, the WFLA. Um, yeah, the WFLA. I'm in, you're going to go I, to I play for. Yeah, so I'm going to the New York Stars team. Our team is owned by um, Ja Rule. Um, the league is also was created. The CEO of the league is a woman, so the league was created by a woman, so that's a good thing. Pretty much I just plan on um, knocking it out the park. Like, you know the type of play I am. I'm all about hard work, dedication, perseverance. Mm-hmm. I don't see mm-hmm. – the team that we have now, I don't see us not coming into the WFLA um, winning the championship. Um, the the Diamond Bowl, I believe that's what the WFLA calls it, the Diamond, Diamond Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. see us with our offense and with the defense that we already have set up in position, even though I know 11-on-11 um, 11 11 is different. It's probably like I never played 11-on-11. 11 11. I just came right into arena football. But I see me being the uh, leaving off, like start leaving off, picking up right where I left off. Um, I'm coming, I'm coming in with my 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 mindset on another championship. So, you know, you know how I'm coming. Yep, Tully. Uh, a lot of Bliss fans love you. Uh, you know, a lot of memories. Uh, the diehard, you know, Bliss fans obviously that appreciated just your on-field accomplishments in general on game day. So, um. We can't say anything but good things about, you know, the on-field play, your your amazing talent for, you know, the years that you played. Um, so I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, commenting on it because I think it needs to be commented. And a lot of us have spoken out on it for years and years. And it's like you said, Don deaf years pretty much. Uh, it's a recycle mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, I mean, at this point what transitions, but, um, you know, shout out to you, like Holly said, and uh, we'll keep we'll keep tabs on you. And uh, if you want to use the platform again, let me know, and then we'll, you know, we'll bring you on if that's the case. But uh, you know, what a, what an awesome career you had. Uh, I know a lot of Chicago fans admired you a lot for just the the beast that you uh, performed on the field. And looking forward to the WFLA. Yes, sir. I am looking forward to it all. I cannot wait to get back on the field and. Just be the best that I can be. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited to see how this is all going to unfold and develop right before our eyes. Um, it'll be a blessing if we finally get to full pay to play um, full time instead of having to, you know, make ends meet and figure out if and mm-hmm. cut jobs in half and we got to mm-hmm. – 
tell this boss we had this going on so we can do this. So, I mean, if we can make playing football, doing the sport that we love as women out of a profession and, and be able to live off of it, it's a blessing. Like, it's our era, it's our time, and we need to just use it to our full advantage. So I'm blessed. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Mitch, the lows, everything that I learned in the LFL, the experiences, the coaches. Um, overall, my experience personally, I did not have a bad experience in the LFL. I just know unjustly overall everything that's going on and being inside and behind the scenes, it's not nowhere that I would want my nieces or my future daughters or any woman that's younger than me to – for me to pretend for her to look up to me and want to do that. It's not that. It's not. We are not role models in the LFL. It's not women's empowerment. So that's what I want to be made clear. And the fans that support it, all you are doing is supporting somebody that doesn't care about their athletes because you come to a game, you pay to get in the game. We don't have insurance. You pay fucking sessions. You pay for merchandise. We don't get one cent off of that. It's ridiculous. It's it's all for the love of the game and supplying Mitch's money, and that's what he used against us and make us feel guilty about it, and we just we do it. So hopefully one day somebody hear me out and there's a stop and we uh, stand together and try to get paid or insurance because I, I, I really do. I, w- I would like to know. I would like to see, like, what move. If we put a move on him by not playing and not showing up, like, you know, Life is chess. What what move will he what move will he make? What direction will he take? Will he let his league fold? Like okay, it don't matter. I made enough money off of them to for, to last me for the rest of my life. Or will he say okay, I am gonna give you per diem and a certain amount of compensation and maybe allowance to get your hair nails tan wax done. You know what I'm saying? So, but yep. you know, we will never know until we do that. So hey. I know I'm done. I don't have time to do nothing for free no more. Tully, uh, awesome. Uh, it's been great interacting with you, and uh, you're an amazing woman, so keep doing what you're doing, and looking forward to watching you in Thank the WFLA in 2021. Me. Thank you. Thank and, you. And uh, uh, we'll touch base and keep in touch, um, and, and we'll see how the yes, X League Yes, I will evolves. be back. I will be back here, that definitely. Appreciate it. It's been an honor. Uh, have a great night, okay? All right, Safe you. travels. All righty, you too. Good night. All right, uh, Holly, there you go. Uh, four-time uh, LFL champion, just, you know, letting it be known what the reality is. We've all known the reality of it. Uh, the ownership is just the one that doesn't seem to be in re- <laughs> in the real world, right, uh, in the business, real model business sense. He could have done a wonderful thing, right, Holly? I mean, he, he started out with yeah. this concept, this branding, right? And to Coach Hack's, uh, you know, answer was, over time, right, you, you you draw in a crowd, then it would have been able to transition over time up to this level now. In 2020, you would have think by now this would have been a full-kitted women's arena football league, right, if the progression of yeah. however the marketing was. But at, at some point now, at today, as of today, right, 10 years later, you would have thought this was this would have been true women's arena football, just like the men's. Yeah, it, and it's kind of one of those things that it's, again, it's two different philosophies. Do you want, mm-hmm. do you care about the product on the field or do you care about the entertainment? And you're right, right. in that they could have easily transitioned 
towards more full kit arena style type game. And they flirted with that a little bit, and then they went back the other direction. And it, it's evident that yeah, I think you it's are the owner. More I mean, it's evident the owner cool. is the yeah. issue. He, he's yeah, he's literally greedy. If he if he yeah, wanted it, to do it like WWE, right? Uh, he talks about mm-hmm. how you know, hey, he was going to be better than Vince McMahon. He was going to be better than Dana White and the, the, uh, the MMA, right? So everything mm-hmm. he's talked about, even on his po- uh, podcast publicly. He's completely lied because if he wanted to be like Mitch, uh, uh, Vince McMahon, guess what happened? Two years into his m- business model, right, he would have made more money selling Jessica Hopkins shirts, tell, uh, Chantel Taylor shirts, Ali Albert shirts, right? Everybody would have been able right. to come true. What, what happens to a real model, right? You're going to have to sell products. T-shirts are the most. People don't go to WWE to get a WWE shirt. People go to WWE to get a Dwayne Rock Johnson shirt, right? So you're telling mm-hmm. me that he couldn't have done that? That was cheap mode, right? How, how much is a, a T-shirt? You could have gotten a cut. So you could mark it up 30%, 40%. You could have easily given, even if it was a 70-30 split or even a mm-hmm. 60-40 split, it still would have been ideal because, to your point, if you would have done that, the player themselves would have evolved this league to a higher level and revenue would have been almost at the level where WNBA is right now, right? WNBA doesn't make that much money. It's being supported by the NBA. But it could have stood on, it could have stood on, it, on its own, and both sides could have benefited some, with some percentage of gains. Yeah, so basically what you have is you have um, the two, philosoph- two philosophies colliding, mm-hmm. and on the one hand, you have the entertainment, and, the, and then you have the football, right? So mm-hmm. if he wanted to stick with the entertainment side, he he did that poorly. So not only did I feel like he's chosen mm-hmm. the wrong side, he's done it poorly. To your point, if you wanted it to just be on the entertainment value and you wanted them to just basically be models running around, he could have done that in a way that he would at least take care of them. So that it basically reaffirms my suspicion that he doesn't – I don't think he likes women very much. That's just no, my, care. you know, feeling. He doesn't care. And, and it's not even – it's not even that – it's it goes beyond and deeper, in my opinion, than somebody that doesn't respect women. It's almost like he's going mm-hmm. out of his way to put them in a subservient spot to him. Yeah, yeah. Because it's exactly. about his ego – and having women catered to him to make him feel better rather than what he can do to, to make them, you know, succeed. And so I do think that it's evident that there, you know, there have been people that have spoken out about this along the way. Um, and then, you know, the ex, the changing to that X league or whatever, it's, it's kind of laughable. And it's, 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 it's just kind of silly. Um, so I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, one of the things that I hope is I always thought that women's football could be like men's football, where there's different variations. You could have right. your uh, normal full kit. You could have seven on seven. You could have arena style. You could have semi-pro. You could have flag. There, there's a thousand yep. variations to play football on the men's side. And there are variations on the women's side, but for some reason, 
I don't think the women realize that they have these options. And so I think some of these women that came into this league, like she was saying, they were sold a bill of goods. I don't think they mm-hmm. knew they had other options. And this whole time, you know, we've been playing on the full kit side uh, and we've had our own problems. But one of the things I had, you know, that I was frustrated about is I felt like some of these athletes had no idea they had other options. And they had no idea right. that they had the right to have other options and that it was okay for them to want to actually pursue it uh, more seriously rather than just be, you know, superficial like he wants them to be, right? He's selling and visibility. So he's selling sex. Right, but I'm saying I'm on a platform mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, like, for example, visibility, right? Because on the other side, right. you don't have television. So he's selling the – the entertainment part of it by hyping it up to the point where like, Hey, you're going to be on TV, right? You're going to be on commercial, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. He's selling that part. And they're just drinking it like Kool-Aid as Telly was saying. They start believing yeah. it. They start thinking that this is going to be something for real. Right. And it's not. Right. No, no. And, and it, and it's one of those things that when you, if, if your if your idea was to pull them in the arena with the visibility and then, you know, eventually change it. I I think maybe uh, from his point, I don't think he realized that it was possible to convert the fan base into actual football fans. And Mm -hmm. so that tells me that he doesn't realize that there are people that actually want to see women play football. And he's thinking that women are not valuable or good enough for people to want to watch them play on their merit just because they are good and make plays, that they have to have this line of visibility, which I honestly have always felt is complete and utter bullshit <laughs> because women are Yeah, and, we, and we've called it no out matter. here many a time. <laughs> yeah. You've called it out. You know, I've and, called it out. Everybody's called it out. And it's because we, we yeah. see that a true a business model would would have worked. If you would have worked right. a true business model – uh, like I said before, we would probably be at a level where all the girls right now would be, you know, full kid arena, uh, arena style uh, on the women's side, a true Rio, yeah. right? We would we would have gotten right. progression in other words. We would have started from the marketing and entertainment thing, then we went into what legends, right? And legends did well for so many years, six six years or whatever, right? But he seems to shoot himself right. in the foot, and that's because he doesn't give a crap. Because if he gave a crap, he would have found the means to work out compensation, would have found the means to get an insurance carrier, right? Because it's less equipment, right? right? You're, you're telling me that right. after nine years with less equipment, right? Because you know you play full kit. It's like $1,200 to $1,500 for you to suit up for the season and, and expenses and everything else, right? She just said it, one, 150 and 45 that's $200. You're telling me that you're, you're, you're not going to be able to work something out to – where you have a fan base, right? You're, it's not like in the, on the women's side, on the full tackle side, you're, you're drawing, what, 300 to a couple, close to 1,000 uh, fans, right? He's drawing mm-hmm. six to 7,000 fans. Right. Imagine the amount of shirts that a Jessica Hopkins would have sold over her life, her career. Would have been like nine years. How much money would she have been right. compensated, right? Even on, a, right? even on a low percent. Right, let's say the owner takes seventy percent and the player only gets thirty percent or something. Still that right. would have made more business sense. But he's not running it as a business. 
He's running it as a self-egotistic person, and that's the problem. So, Mitch, you know, wake up. Do what you got to do. Everybody's caught up to you. Former superstars are speaking out against you. I, I am. I guess I want to say I'm proud that I'm blacklisted or been blacklisted for almost eight years because of the fact that <laughs> the guy's a dirtbag and he needs to wake up. And he could add something great here, and he would he would have been able to help out, like you said, evolve that sport into a true women's arena football brand. And he didn't do it. And now we have this re, rebrand, which is a recycled crap. So, you know, we'll end we'll end it on that because that's really what it boils down to is he's just, you know, just dirt at this point until he changes anything. And I'm, I'm, I want to give a shout-out to the Nashville Knights because they were the first franchise in Legends Football League. And when this rebrand happened, they were the first franchise that says, hey, bro, it's time for you to pay. If you don't pay, we don't participate. And what does he turn around? He says that apparently the management is incompetent. Well, incompetent would be you, Mitchell, because that's how it works. You're incompetent. Right. Because a franchise owner – is an extension of your brand, and if the franchise owner doesn't want to go with your attitude and your issues, then you just missed out on a lot of revenue. And so you're an idiot for doing that because first you want a franchise, and all of a sudden you want to pull the rug under. It doesn't work that way, bro. you got to go one way or the other. And unfortunately, you right. keep shooting yourself in the foot. So, um, so Holly, I know you got to bail, but thank you for staying and uh, talking with Chantel. And like you said, you know, it's just a shame that all these talented players, you know, Nikki Johnson, List Gorman, Monique Axiola. I mean, we can go on and on and on. All these players through that through the progression of this league, um, they all deserve better, and they should have gotten paid a long time ago. And the means were there, and he just somehow he's just agreed. You know, yeah, we know what it is. So, anyways, um, <laughs> thanks for coming in. We're gonna look forward to the Super Bowl, uh, 49ers. Kansas City Chiefs, right? Um, two weeks from now, we'll talk about predictions next week on the podcast. We know what your prediction is, uh, you know, 49ers yeah. all the way. Uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll kind of dive into, you know, the the scheme of things, the defense versus the uh, Chiefs offense and things like that. So we'll kind of chime in next week on it and hopefully Max back and we can actually dive into that as well. So I know she's got a, a crush on Kittle, so he can't help it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't blame her. I, I adore Kittle. Just, I don't know if you ever seen him mic'd up, um, but he is hilarious. Like, he is like my, my football spirit animal, and uh, so I can't blame her on that. You see, you saw that, that Twitter feed where he's like, he's doing, doing the rock, and you see uh, Rogers coming yes. back out there shot. That was so cool. That's really funny. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear you. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Chabroni. That was way cool. I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty creative. Um, yeah, Kittle's a beast, man. You know it. Um, everybody knows it. And defensively, Boza's just great. So uh, defensively, I mean, they're just – it's a good team. That's what we got all year round. It's a good team. So it should be a good Super Bowl. So we'll talk I'll talk about it with predictions next week. So, um, so thanks for coming in, Holly. I right. appreciate it. We'll see you out next week, okay? Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, uh, Holly's got a bail with us. Uh, we talked to Chantel Taylor here. I hope everybody that's listening understands, uh, you know, what the LFL could have been, how it could have benefited women's sports, and how they could have gotten paid a long time ago. And it could have been a historic league in terms of paying the players, compensating the players. And uh, to her, Chantel uh, Taylor's point, 
it, you know, he's just not uh, valuing women. And so to this day, he probably doesn't value women. So anybody that's listening to the podcast understands that I'm all for a true business model. This brand should survive, but under a different leadership because the leadership that and the ownership here now doesn't want to do that. If it was a different ownership with some sort of care and, and all that, it could have evolved into a, a real true women's arena football league, just like the AFL, just like all the other men's arena leagues across the country that do pay their players, that have the means, they probably don't have a big attendance, but they do pay their players, you know, two to $600 a game or whatever. They, they find the means because they're run by a true business model. And uh, X League, until they prove us different, this league is not benefiting the player or the women anymore and has never. So until he changes course, uh, we're going to speak out and we're going to be speaking out against it uh, to let the mass audience know that this in, uh, individual, Mitchell Mortaza, needs to wake up and needs to start making real business model and not quit running away from lawsuits and pay your lawsuits and address your lawsuits and do all you got to do because the bottom line is every player that has played for you in the past and every player that's played that will play for you this season deserves better and deserves compensation. So get it, get it in your head. Just figure out a way to pay the player, and you got to be able to do it. And you, we know you can do it. The bottom line is that you just don't want to do it. All right, so let's go into the second huddle, uh, sponsored by Zazzle.com, and it's uh, up to 20% off at the No Joke Football Shop. So check it out, Zazzle.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Uh, you can get up to 20% off. You can also subscribe to Zazzle Black for about 9 bucks, and you get free shipping year-round in the U.S. And uh, there's going to be a lot of excitement coming up this coming uh, season. we got Premier League action in the Icon Women's Football Association and a little teaser about how they're going to expand in 2021, which is the goal of our next guest, which is the uh, awesome Terrence Haywood of the Icon Women's Football League in Texas. Which, uh, you know, Terrence, uh, you've heard the discussion. Uh, most of your, a lot of your players that play for you have come from Legends Football League. And so, uh, you know, the ownership there obviously could have paid the players a long time ago and didn't happen. So uh, the Icon Women's Football League expanding, that's a good sign. Yeah, well, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, move forward and keep with the keep with our movement that we that was our goal from the beginning. Um so you know we're just putting forth the plans that we thought you know things have been going kind of how we thought it would go. Not saying it's always good, always bad, but it's just the way that the sport is and how it's going to evolve and that's what we're seeing so we're trying to put plans in place to keep evolving with the sport. Terrence, uh you guys announced a tournament uh that's going to be coming up here. Um, was that something you guys kind of brainstormed at this point? Because it seems like it's more of a flag mentality where a lot of flag leagues do that, you know, where they, you know, bring in a lot of teams and there's a grand prize type deal. So it's kind of unique in a yeah. sense for you guys because it's kind of full kit tackle. Right. So what we were doing the tournament, because let's be honest, Oscar, there's a whole lot of, there's a few leagues in the state of Texas. <laughs> it's, it's a It's a huge debate on, what team is the best? What league is the best? And all this. So you know, we wanted to put a put an end to it. When we're like, we're looking at these nights and women. Well, how can we make all these teams come together to make a bigger, stronger league? You know, and we put a we put a poll out there, and 
the main poll that always the answer that always came back was compensation, right? Right. So what we did, okay, we're going to put the compensation out there, which is you saw what we have. Now let's see how many teams sign up and lace up and go out there and sell it on the gridiron. So that's the that's the intent of what we're doing. So we're going to clarify: is this this is going to be eight on eight? If I'm correct, right? It's an eight on eight yeah. tournament. Eight on eight. And you're inviting yeah. open invitation, everybody nationwide oh. or international, however you can get to Texas, right? Yes. For the pool money. Yes. yes. And so that's what you want, basically. You want a tournament that's of tournaments where you, right. you can best then, of the best. That's, that's, at this point, Oscar, that's all we can do to get all the people to come together and see. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I, I, I've heard the conversation before, the ladies coming together, the ladies. It sounds like the ladies are split in so many different directions, and some believing in this concept, some not wanting to go here. So, so at the end of the day, our business model has always been based on the sport of football, and I think you can attest to that. We always play straight football. It was we never had a, a, a weight or size requirement, you know. Right. It was about the love of the game. If the ladies wanted to play, our goal was to get them on, give them a platform so they can play. And so that's all we're doing. We're still doing what we always done: give them a platform to show their talent. Uh, we did know at one point that some ladies play for recreation. Some ladies, some ladies want to play at a higher level. And so what we had tried to do at one point when our league first took off and, you know, our first year we had maybe eight teams. Then the second year we had like 17 teams. I don't know if people remember that. And we mm-hmm. broke into two leagues. We went to a, 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 a league and a, like basically a, a league and a B league in the sense. And I gave, we gave away two different trophies for each league because at that point some teams were more advanced than the other teams that were starting up, and it just wasn't quite fair. And we we understood that, so that's why we tried to to follow that model of where if you have teams that are that are building, that are teaching other ladies to play, they should eventually feed into the upper tier teams, which is how you build a league. If I'm am I right, Oscar? That's correct. So, but uh, along the way, and then from there. You have some ladies that even want to go a step further. That's where we introduce Premier. So, but what has happened in the, with our league so far is that a lot of the teams that were on the lower lower end tier felt that the competition level was just getting a little bit too strong, a little bit too much for them, and they've opted out and went to other leagues where the competition level is not seen to be quite as, as tough. And so, you know, that's part of the growing pains of owning the league. Right. So yeah, no, and, and, so, and Texas is well known for you know you got WFA presence there, you got WNFC, uh, you got XFFL as you're talking about right now. Um, yeah. You got yourself, the IWFA. Um, so the, the bottom line is there's an opportunity where women do want to play football. To your point, and you're an you're an avenue. And I think the premier concept is right. I mean, if you're getting feedback and surveys about you know certain teams are really at a higher level it's no different than in flag tournaments right and you go to flag tournaments there's different levels at flag tournaments as well because you don't want to have you know blowouts and stuff like that you want to have competitive games 
so that makes it more interesting and, and more fan friendly. And at the at the same time, you want to grow your brand as a as a legit brand where there is competitive play. Right, exactly. Because you take the first year premiere, there was uh, the Ravens, uh, the Texas Legacy, and you had the team out of the Valley, the RGV Lynx. And mm-hmm. arguably, when we went into the regular season, those three teams. They kind of, they stayed together where they were. The Lynx all basically transitioned to a, what we, a team in our league called the Hive, and those three teams were the top teams in our league in, in the regular season. So it kind of showed what was going on as far as the 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 tier of play with the ladies. You know, it it, it followed the model. So we're seeing it. So at this point, we've made a decision with uh, my two partners. And we've made a decision, you know, we're just going to take the, the best of the best and keep on pushing forward with the ladies that want to go higher and higher. And like I say, we still have our regular season league, but we also want to present other opportunities to play at a higher level. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, with the premier season this year, I think you kind of see how we were trying to uh, get forward with our business model as far as expanding. We was doing premier with four teams this year. One of the teams was from Louisiana. Unfortunately, they had some accidents that happened with a few of the players on their team, and they had to back out on us in the last minute. But that's still not going to stop what we do. We still plan on doing doing things how we want to do it and expanding into out of the state of Texas. Are you looking at regional at this point, Terrence, like New Mexico, Oklahoma, Louisiana, because there's travel yeah, we, issues uh, we, that come into we, play? We, so are you looking more like regional? We're looking regional, but there have been teams a little further away than that have been talking to us about wow. this concept. So we have been in talks with uh, several teams that are interested in what we're trying to do and interested in getting on board with what we're trying to do. Um, you know, as far as I think when we, you know, last year when we went to Mexico, and of course Mexico is coming to us this year in March. So. Mm-hmm. I think they see that we're trying to go to another level with the with the women's football. So I think everybody's trying to get on the same page that we've spoken with, and we're just trying to work out the logistics, which I think we can, to make this happen. Uh, Terrence, will you ever go into an LFL realm? And I'm talking about a stadium mode, like arena football. Is it something of a brainstorming yet on that on that side of things? Yeah, we, we would love to go that route. But, of course, like you said, with the business model and everything, you have to make sure you have all your ducks in a row. You know, you just don't jump blindly into something. Uh, sure. Because you know, that cost. A lot of people don't understand the cost behind women's football. Some do, sure. some don't. And so you have to make sure to, to try to have longevity is to go into everything strategically in the right way. And you also have to have the right product in the sense that like a lot of our teams are individually owned in our league. We don't own the team. Uh, a lot of our teams are, are, we've always been forward in thinking. We've always had women owners in our league from the very beginning, just like we have men owners. And so in order for a team to grow and in order for a team to be marketable, you have to start with your own city, Oscar. If you can't market and we can't get the growth in your own city, how are you going to get on a on a regional or national level? Right. So yeah, because that's, 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 you know, that's an expense that you don't need initially, um, unless you're you know obviously Mitchell, and you're just breaking in dollars well, off 
somebody else in the back. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in that conversation y'all was having. I, I want, I've always wanted to see the ladies get paid, but it, it takes time because you know, like I said, sure. with men been playing football forever, semi pro, a lot of them don't get paid. But yes, arena players mm-hmm. do get paid two hundred to six hundred games, just like you were saying, and that is totally feasible if you have the right teams, the right market, and the right arenas. That should be able to happen. Yep. Do you think, Terrence, that Texas is the place where that would would happen? I would think it would be the place where that would happen because there's a lot of interest in just the sport itself. Whether it be interest in the women's game is like to your point is where you have to grow it to it, right? To get that interest, just like you do high school and you do college and all the you know all this stuff. Texas would be a great place to do it. There's a lot of teams in Texas. The problem in Texas, I'm gonna just be honest, is the division amongst women and the league. Mm-hmm. Can everybody come together for the betterment of every every for the for the sport? We right. don't have a problem working with any other league if they want to work to get things where they need to go. But that's not always the case. We've always put it out there. We'll work with anyone. We'll work with any any situation to try to get it better. We've been, like you said, with the tournament. Hey, man, come together. We're never going to go forward if we don't get all these ladies, all these teams, everybody moving in the same direction. Right now you got people moving in all kinds of different directions and no achievement, nothing is moving forward. Do you think the 8-on-8 branding is going to make that difference? Because it does in flag, and it's more interesting in flag when you do 7-on-7 or 9-on-9 in a flag mode. Um, Do you really think the 8-on-8 branding is where it's going to start? Because the 11 aside has been here for over 30-something years, and it's never gotten the attention it gets. And 8-on-8 is a faster game, higher scoring, all that aspect of it. So – Maybe eight on eight is going to be, you know, the the sport that breaks through and finally gets the attention. We're hoping so, because uh, just like you said, I've been around football all my life, Oscar. You know, I've watched uh, from Pop Warner all the way up to the. Let's let's talk about real football today. If a game is boring, even eleven on eleven at a college level, do you stay on that channel? Or do you turn the channel? Turn the channel. So. What keeps your attention in the football game? Either it's a team that you're a fan of or an exciting game that's going on. Eight mm-hmm. on eight is a skilled, fast-paced game. And it can work with 11 on 11 as a game to take your uh, skill position people and push them to get better. So when they do hit the, hit the, the gridiron on 11, they're already – they're at a different level. They're moving. You know, right. just getting everybody. So there's a, ben- how so there's a benefit. It's kind of like a there training. A it's like a training uh, setup, right? Right. Exactly. It's 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 just. It's, uh, one of my partners always said, "You can't hide an eight on eight. <laughs> you right. know, eleven on eleven, you can take a playoff. No, no disrespect. That's been happening since I played football. They played football." Man, I'm not gonna go that hard. This 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 particular play, shoot, I'm tired. Eight on eight, you don't get a playoff. You exposed. You have to go. Take the playoff as a touchdown. No, totally agree. And, I mean, I think it's a faster game. Uh, mentally, it's probably a lot more intense. 
because you have a shorter field. Um, the intensity is probably higher. Um, so it, it is a good drill brand type to get you prepared for 11, 11 aside if you ever realm to or ever ever jump to 11. Right, right. It, 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 they can work hand in hand, honestly. Right. Terrence, yeah, so. uh, I talked to Rod, and he was part of Legends Football League for a while with the Austin, uh, some of the concepts, some of the things that are done there. Um, is your goal to get to an LFL level of visibility, like on arena scale at this point, I mean long-term, to, to take this 8-on-8 eight eight concept and, and get to that next next level? We would love to. That's Ultimately, the goal is to grow the league and, mm-hmm. and take it as far as we can go, you know. Uh, we wasn't going to follow the model as far as, like, the lingerie part and all that. Right, We've right, never right. done that. We, we, are, we always, you know, kept our ladies dressed in real football equipment and things of that nature for protection. We follow the rules of NFL. We, like, we have rules in place to um, protect their uh, head and all that. We follow the rules of real football. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, we would love to get to that level. But we know to get to that level is going to take a product that, like you said, Oscar, we have to be able to sell this product in the sense that they're playing real football, the games are good, the games are competitive, in order. And we also going to have to get sponsors on board that see right. this. And, and what I'm really surprised at personally, you have a lot of companies out here that are owned by women in empowerment and all that. And why they haven't jumped on board to try to help push the sport forward. You know, you have the big divisions that's, of Nike. You have the big, that's of, all those issues that we've had over, I don't know, 50 years, the same concept, yeah. right? That, I mean, Chantel, our previous guest said, right? It's a matter of unity, and it just seems like they, they don't want to be united because they they kind of pick and choose who they want to as- associate with instead of going on one vision. Everybody's kind of branching out and trying to do their own thing, and it's never going to go forward. So, uh, I mean, the concept, the concept is a great concept. The sport's a great concept. 11, 11 aside – ball has been around for so many years that nobody's been able to push it forward in a in a limelight mentality and right. it's i it's just because of the fact like to your point that there's always some sort of intangible or barriers that are standing in their own way right and 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 you're absolutely right and so how do we get past it that's that's the ultimate question there that's the big mystery so we're just trying to push forward to do it yeah, no, I you know, I like your concept for the tournament because it really does. You know, we have all these all these new tournaments out in the. You know, okay, you know, mm-hmm. go to South Beach and play a tournament with the international flair and everything. But there's no. It's kind of like just like a training drill or a training camp, right? Yeah. But it's not real competitive. Uh, but if you get a price pool money, or somebody's going to come in and try to win a price pool money, um, it, it just changes the game. You know, because now everybody's here for a goal, and it's going to be a rewarding goal at the end. It's not just, you know, show up and pay your fee, and when you leave, you get a trophy. Here, it's kind of like a benefit. You know, you're, you're coming in, you're going to compete at the highest level against other teams, and then in the end, you're going to get a paycheck, technically. Exactly. But uh, like I said, it, it was a matter of us, to be honest, to be blunt, put up or shut up. You know, come together. Yeah. We we we, we Here it is. So if no one signs up and they don't come on board, we can't say we didn't put it out there. We we gave right. them what they took. We put it out there. We asked the question, what do you all need? That was the uh, answer we received the most. 
we always at Icon have always strived on trying to do what we say. And so we put it out there. But now the ball is in those teams' court. Are you going to come on in and sign up and bring your team and let us bring it together and see? Or you're not. That's all we can do, Oscar. That's all we can do. Terrence, um, what do you what are you playing for 2021? Are you expanding like one, two teams? What's what's your goal here? Like out of state, in other words, is it going to be one one team per state? Uh, what's the number, in other words, like four, eight, twelve? What what are you ideally we're, thinking? We're looking, you know, as you notice in Premier, we have a solid three teams in Texas that we rock uh, do with in Premier. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said. You know, we're looking, we've been in talks with about four other teams, and we're trying to work out things with them because it would be nice to bring the four uh, with the three that we have here. And one more, eight, a, a total number eight would be great, but we're okay if it was a total number of four. We'll start small and move up. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. we may have to take the whole the same concept of kind of like not not to take Mitch's concept in events, but where we could have all the games in one place on the same day and move right. it from city to city to promote it. It's more an exhibition tour, yeah. Yeah, but still league play. Right. And that way, you know, when people pay to come to the game, let's be honest, they're really getting their money's worth. And, and yeah, yeah. touching on some of the things you say, we can market, fantastic. We can highlight the ladies. And and go from there. Do you feel like Texas would be feasible for you to have arena in in an actual arena setting with with that kind of concept with the, like a tournament concept? In other words, is it well, a higher as expense? Far as, as far as far as the arena itself, as far as the stadium, right? Or no, I'm talking about like uh, you know how you do arena like a concert type mentality where you're going to bring in teams to play in an, like an indoor type of exhibition um, to kind of introduce the brand with the highest level teams. So in other words, like your premier brand, in other words, would be like an I, exhibition, I you know, city to city type mentality. But what I'm saying is, is it feasible in Texas to get some sort of a cut rate to do those things or is it just not feasible? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I, at this point, I don't know if I was going on my best, guest at this point i think it's feasible uh we just like i said it comes down to bringing everybody together and that way right. you know when you're trying to present something of that nature you have to have a product to present right you have a lot of ladies that play 808 and 11 on level in the state of texas and sure. a lot of the, their family and friends do come out and support what they do so and that's where you start Let's be honest. And then it's about marketing right. and getting them to bring a friend. And, and and then when they get there and they see the game and they see the excitement of the game and a good game, I've had I've had friends of mine come out to watch a game finally and go, man, they are playing football for real. They are hitting. I'm like, yeah, I told you, this is not a joke. This is real. These ladies play. And it changes yeah. their mind when they see the game. So you're so we break it down. So at this point, you're wanting to get you know the attention of the best teams out there with the tournament, but your premier your premier branding is where you want to get it solid enough so you can pre- present it on a large scale. Is that my understanding at this point? That is your that is the correct 
That is absolutely correct. Because you're not going to invest, you know, $7,000 on an arena date unless you're confident that uh, every team on that stage is is going to be competitive enough to wow fans, right? Is that your your goal? Exactly. You want every team on there competitive, every lady on that team committed to the team and working, and, you know, that's that's what you want. You don't want a team. If you put a product, you got, you got one good shot at this Oscar, probably. So mm-hmm. when you do make that move to go to that level, you got to put your best foot forward. A lot of men's arena football leagues and a lot of men's uh, in over time that I've observed, uh, that's one of their detriments. The fact that they will have a small group of teams that are very, very good and majority of the the games are blowouts. And it really turns fans off. I mean, they come interested for the first couple games and then eventually the, you know, the attendance dwindles down to the point where they're not interested because they know that, you know, it's just not great football in in a sense where it's competitive football. In high scoring great, but you're getting a 63 to 20 score or 63 to 40 or, you know what I mean? So you still have that 20 to 30 gap. But if you go you come watch a real nice game that's, you know, 27, 20, uh, 20 or, you know, some, something closer than that, then people will start to come, will come back over and over again because they know it's very competitive. Exactly. So, but you have to start small with that. You have to start with, if you throw a whole lot of teams in this mix, you know, and I know there's going to be some teams in there that, that are not up to, up to standard. Correct. And that's where you, yeah. that's where your blowouts happen. But yeah. if you start with your four teams and you know these four teams are equally yoked or somewhat, then the games are good. Then you bring in another couple of teams and hopefully they're at the same level to the point where now you got your six teams up to eight teams, a nice, a nice amount of teams. Now you start feeding players into those teams to keep those eight teams or however many major teams you have. Stocked with, with with good players and competitive games. Now you're gonna have uh, the tournament, and I my understanding was also um, you're gonna get another another uh, international event, right? So they're coming here to Texas. Yeah. So what's going on is like right now, you know, we're doing our premier season. We got a game coming up Saturday here in Austin at three o'clock at uh, Vista Ridge High School. Uh, in the stadium there uh, with the Austin Legends team versus the Corpus Christi Dolphins team. Uh, that game is going to be a great game. And so what we're doing is with the Premier League, uh, due to New Orleans dropping out, we only had three teams, so I did a round-robin type uh, situation. Uh, so what we did is the top two teams, they're all going to play each other based on win-loss record, high score, and things of that nature, it'll be two teams that prevail as number one and number two. And so those two teams are going to end up playing in the championship game, which will take, take place March the 7th down in McAllen, Texas, at uh, Galazzo Arena uh, for the championship game. The third-place team in our league will take on the team from Mexico that are coming over to play on that same day, March the 7th. So it'll be two games that okay. day. The international game, uh, Team Mexico versus uh, the third-place team in our Premier League and the number one and number two team playing for the Premier Championship. So the X, uh, the FXL is what we're talking about, FXL, right? Yes. From Mexico. Exactly All right. Yes. T- or Team FXL. 
at this point against uh, into the yeah. into the actual finals. All right. Um, yeah. We what, how is the relationship there, there for you in terms of co-branding or you know how is that working? Is that is that something that's going to be year to year at this point? Is that is that the arrangement? Uh, we have arranged for yeah, basically year to year, a couple of years here. Uh, the people that uh, that run the FXL, they've been real nice, and we keep in touch with them, and and we all seem to be on the same page of what we're wanting to do. So you know, we just have to fill it out and make sure. Like I said, we went down there. They uh, we had the game. Everything went fine. Everything went smooth. You know, uh, now they're coming up here. So hopefully we do the same. And we just build from there. All right. Um, Terrence, uh, where can the fans uh, dive into for the tournament at this point? Uh, they go to the uh, they go to the IWFA I, I uh, Facebook page or Instagram? Or where are they going to get the details? Uh, you can go to the IWFA. Uh, uh, go to our Facebook page, and you'll get a link there to get to our IW, IWFA page, uh, our okay. main uh, website. And on our main website, it have all the information about the uh, 808 tournaments and everything there. And you've upgraded your website, right? It's a brand-new introduction on the website this year, um, so yes, there's all the yeah. details there. Yes, yes. Uh, my, my business partner has been working diligently getting that up and going. So that's his, that's his project, and he's been doing a great job of getting it done. So. And I want to just let everybody know, um, you know, some just just amazing, talented women in your league, uh, former yep. Legends Football League superstars, um, you know, our our own Michelle Marshall, um, you know, Martinez, uh, who's obviously going to play for the Legacy now, I think, over in the WFA, and mm-hmm. uh, Megan Martinez, and then we also, you know, had um, uh, before that, um, Lilani Lopez as well. So there's a lot of, you know, Cassandra Bills. There's a lot of players that have been on the LFL stage that actually play in the Icon Women's Football League. So fans uh, should be entertained, you know, in other words, when you come see a game in the IWFA because those are uh, amazing, talented uh, individuals that have played at a higher visible platform. Oh, yes, like the Kendria Robinsons, the Dowdy Sisters, all of them, Mm -hmm. Chris Daniels, all of them have participated in our league. So... Uh, or, uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. We've been very fortunate and blessed, thanks to the ladies for believing in what we do, and they've always supported what we do. And I and I just one of those people, and we we feel that if you treat try to treat them fairly and nicely, they reciprocate the love back to your league and want to stay and play for you. And that's what it, that's what happened so far. Uh, Terrence, uh, visibility on Instagram now. You got uh, Facebook. Uh... The website's up now. Uh, looks like you're making ends road. You got the tournament coming up here, uh, expansion 2021. So, you know, I just want to just say, you know what, you're doing a lot of great things in, in in terms of, you know, elevating the game to another level in terms of women's sports. So, uh, we appreciate you for doing that, including your partners and uh, the amazing talented uh, athletes that play in your league as well for putting up an amazing uh, games week in week out when you play, uh, especially on Premier. Um, just you know, great, great action. So we're hoping that, you know, as we go forward, uh, that's the goal, you know, get everybody on that tournament to realize that they can happen that way and then maybe branch out to expansion. And uh, so we wish you well. Oh, we thank you so much. I said, like I said, we're trying. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a battle. 
but uh, we're going to keep fighting to get it there. That's all we can do. All right, Terrence, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to maybe coming back on uh, when we get the, you know, the the March uh, preview before the premiere uh, last games with the championship and then the uh, Team Mexico coming in. So if you want to come back, let me know, and then we'll just kind of kind of promote that for you as well so we can get the visibility and everybody to understand that there's going to be some cool football being played during that time frame on, I believe you, say you said March, right? March the 7th, yes. March the 7th. March the 7th. All right. So, Terrence, thanks thanks again to Ed Raj for me and uh, the rest of the crowd there, IWFA in Texas. So, really appreciate it. And you're always welcome to come on and uh, talk IWFA. Okay. I sure appreciate the opportunity and have a nice night. Thanks. Safe travels, all right? Bye. Okay. Okay. Bye. Okay, guys. There you go. Terrence Haywood um, from the Icon Women's Football Association. IWFA Texas. Um, there's a lot of things coming up on the pipeline here. Got premier season in play. Um, gonna premier season will end in March, as he specified there. IWFAFootball.com. You can go to the um, the page on Facebook, IWFA, uh, and you can get all the details there. We'll link it up as well. You got a Twitter as well. Um, so a lot of talented athletes play in the Icon Women's Football Association. That's the reason I bring Terrence on. We're bringing him in frequently because of the fact that he's making another level of difference and trying to get his brand to be a noticeable brand to bring awareness that women do play American football at a high level, eight on eight full action. Um, if you haven't seen them yet, you go, like I said, go to Facebook, IWFA, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, we obviously follow them as well. Just amazing, talented individuals here and a, a credit to Terrence and his group of owners uh, to try to get, sport more visibility especially in texas of all places um there's a lot of football there and it's it's kind of cluttered so try to standing out especially on a women's side is uh kind of imperative but at the same time it's like he said it's pretty difficult to do that at this point uh, but he's working and making trying to make some ends roads as well and so um, you know thanks to him and his group and uh we'll bring him on frequently uh maybe in march to kind of detail what's going to happen in terms of the final who's going to be in the final and uh, kind of give us some heads up on some of the athletes. So if you uh, if you want to follow IWFA uh, on Facebook, you also get their uh, weekly podcast after the games, kind of predictions and insights, so pretty interesting as well. So check it out, IWFA on Facebook. So, guys, I'm totally stoked because we are now on Spotify, the biggest platform in listenership. We're on iHeart. We're on Apple Podcasts and uh, a bunch of other platforms, including our Block Talk Radio. So all I got to say is thank you, everybody, for uh, sharing and liking and subscribing to our platforms. You go to the hub at facebook.com, and you go to the Shop Now tab, and you go to Via Zazzle. You can buy our no-joke football gear and check it out there. And so I really, really appreciate everybody making all this effort to get us to another level because it takes a lot of people to do it. Our network partners as well, I really am appreciative of them. On the international scale, um, they bring us a lot of information that we provide to you. Um, just like right now, we're going to be talking about it before we get out of here, but uh, FIFA Spain action happening, Femenino 7-on-7 seven seven in, in Spain. Uh, a lot of action happened this weekend. Shout out to the Badalona girls for winning their first win in about three years. Uh, they route 62-0 to zero, Saragoza Hornets. Uh, Valencia 
Fire Bats, who won the 999 championship last year, now go come back to seven on seven. They uh, route Tres Cardinals Harvaptos uh, 46 to zero, and uh, Rivas Osos get routed 52 to six by the Black Demons, which were the champions last year of the seven on seven format. So that's week one. We are going to keep tabs on the action in terms of FIFA Spain. You can go to the hub at facebook.com, get the recap of week one in Spain. And then you also get the action from Wembley at the uh, Sapphire Series, uh, part of the British American Football Association Women's Division. And uh, double coverage, uh, double coverage, uh, Brit Ball is going to be one of those uh, uh, brands that's going to get us to uh, bring us the recap for the Sapphire Series week one and week two. Um, so right now it's uh, Division One and Division Two, February through March. Uh, that's going to end, and we'll get the recaps there for you on the Facebook page as well. Check it out on the Facebook page. If you haven't gone to the Hub, uh, almost 7,500 uh, followers strong now. We are at another level here. Check out all the Katie Sowers content this week, just blowing up. Uh, Katie's everywhere this week. Uh, so congratulations to her. Congratulations to the 49ers. And uh, just she's on everywhere. Sporting News. She's on every SI, uh, NFL uh, Network, Sunday Night Football, uh, Microsoft Surface. So we can't be more ecstatic uh, for the fact that Katie Sowers is on, on another platform, way better platform, uh, and bringing attention to the sport. Uh, former w, uh, Women's Football Alliance alumni and champion, as well as uh, gold medalist with Team USA. So shout out to Katie Sowers out there for um, being spotlighted this week as well. We got recaps of, like I said, FIFA Feminina. We got uh, Allie Alberts being inducted into the St. Louis um, Washington University Hall of Fame for 2020. Check out the article there as well. You can relive the Hall of Fame uh, ceremony, induction ceremony uh, that happened in December at the Las Vegas uh, All-Star Game, the Hall of Fame game, which we are spon- which we sponsored. So you can check it out, relive 2019 Hall of Fame induction ceremony there. WNFC 2019 article from Colorado Sports, uh, Colorado Women's Sports, and it kind of dives into year one of the WNFC and where it's, where it's happening. We're going to dive into a WFA 2020 schedule next week. We'll do tier one. And then we'll do tier two as the weeks go by. And then eventually we'll dive in right before uh, about March or so. We'll start diving into WNFC 2020. And uh, so we'll figure, you know, kind of scope it out before the season kickoff in April. Um, So there's a cool article there from um, GMA on, uh, I think it's uh, Miss Eccles. And she got surprised with some Super Bowl 54 tickets. So it's a pretty cool article there from – Good morning, America, as well. And so we got some sh- photos that were sent to us from the Flag Football World Championships. A lot of the players were participating there, everybody from WNFC players to WFA, uh, just about every player there, even LFL players were, uh, or X-League players were, were participating there as well in Flag Football World Championships. So it was a great weekend for everybody to be out there. There's also a great article on Portland uh, Portland area football, and it's literally a cool article because it encompasses WNFC, WFA teams in that Oregon region, and all those teams are going to be playing in both leagues. So there's a lot of opportunity for women to play on any of those teams, either in WNFC or WFA. 
So, you know, there's no need to go anywhere. But if you're in Portland, you got opportunities to play in a lot of teams, the Shockwave, the Oregon Ravens, uh, Lady Gates. So there's a lot of teams in that area. So there's a cool article that was presented there as well. There's an uh, announcement by X-League that apparently they want to do some sort of superstar program where they benefit a player. They're going to do a symposium. And as we talked about earlier in the hour with Chantel Taylor, um, when it happens, if it happens, great. just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. It's always been kind of in the back of our minds to even doubt it. So unless, uh, you know, Mitchell Mortaza proves us wrong or does something out of the stratosphere, uh, at this point it's all just another bunch of lies, as they say. So uh, prove us wrong, Mitchell. That's all I'm saying. Prove us wrong. Pay the girls. Figure out a way to pay them. Compensate. Whatever you got to do. And then we'll be completely shocked, technically. Um, so the other thing that's going to happen is um, the event coming up preseason, January 25th, XFFL in Texas, Divas versus Warhawks, Empire versus Spartans, uh, Phoenix versus Cobras, Vixens versus the uh, champion South Texas Generals. And then they're going to kick, kick off their season starting in another week or two. And then February 29th, 2020, that's going to be the South Beach Bowl, uh, WFA Team United taking on Team Canada, or I'm sorry, Team Mexico, and it'll be in Miami. So um, you get details there as well for that event. America's Women's Bowl in Honduras will happen in March 12th through the 17th, 2020. In between that time, the FXF football in Mexico, um, a Women's Friendly Bowl will happen on February 6th through the 9th. Get details at the hub at facebook.com for slash Cordero Beauties. And Transatlantic Tournament this fall, it just announced September 3rd to the 7th. So we're going to be looking forward to that tournament as well. So a lot of things happening in the women's game. And you can get, keep up with it. Everything that happens in the women's game, you go to the best network on the planet. Let me repeat myself, the best network on the planet covering women's American football. And that's at the hub at Facebook dot com for slash great iron beauties so thanks for sharing almost at 7500 strong right now in terms of followers we need to get to 8000 uh just share share your posts invite everybody to our page let's get to 8000 our goal is to get to 10 i know we can do it we do it sooner than the year is over so let's get that going and uh, just do it there just like share and comment thanks everybody for supporting us and for our podcast totally excited to be on spotify now totally excited to be on apple and on iheart and uh you know, just I'm just kind of happy this week uh, and last week too. I'm just still high on that. So thanks to everybody for contributing and sharing the podcast, subscribing to the podcast, and letting your friends know about it as well. And uh, so all our co-hosts, um, they come in here, give us insights. Um, you got Holly Custis, Hall of Famer, 2018, Utah Falcons, WNFC, and then you had Troy Wilson previous to that, and Kishi Free, Eric Brown, uh, Eric Lynn, and then. Um, Mackenzie Brooks as well, Luis Bean. So a lot of the contributors and co-hosts contributed to our platform here, but everybody makes a difference. You make a difference by sharing, liking, and doing the things that are going to bring more awareness with your friends and everybody else, especially on social media sites. So really, really appreciate it. So thanks to the amazing and beastly Chantel Telly Taylor for coming in here, four-time Legends Football League Chicago Bliss champion. Um, And then also, uh, Icon Women's Football Association founder and uh, ownership there, and that's Terrence Haywood for coming in to come and give us insights on what's ha- what's going to be happening down the road here with the IWFA. So pretty good show today. Looking forward to a Super Bowl 54 prediction show next week. Should have Mac back. 
They should have Holly back. Um, most people are taking the Niners overwhelmingly. Uh, I'm pretty sure Max is going to probably take the Niners as well. So, um, you know, Brooke, Leash, if you're listening, uh, everybody's going with the Niners. So, I, hopefully Mahomes and company will prove us wrong at this point. But uh, everybody's taking, the, I guess, the sure bet, if you want to call it that. And that would be the San Francisco 49ers with their defense and stuff. So, Miami's going to be really cool uh, February 2nd. And then uh, during that week as well, WFLA uh, uh, All-Stars will be at two events in Miami. So you can get the details at the hub at facebook.com forward slash grand There will be a celebrity flag football uh, tournament during that weekend. And then you also have um, Ronsoff Sports who's going to have a, a kind of like an event there as well. And then Candy Cook's going to be there as well for WFLA. So check it out at the hub at facebook.com forward slash grand beauties. Don't forget to go to the Zazzle site and get anything out there. Get the original shirt, uh, the ones that Lexi Demio is wearing, the one that Ellie Mazzola is wearing, uh, Anna Garza is wearing. Uh, we got a lot of uh, athletes, uh, Stacey Jackman, Phoebe Sketzer, uh, Smooth Laurie Jones. We got Sasha Cruz and uh, Christy Moran, Lauren Evans. Uh, so check out, get one of the favorite shirts that they're sporting and get it at tw- up to 20% off at the No Joke Football Shop at Zazzle.com for slash Grand Beauties. All right, so I'm out of breath. Thanks to Terrence Hayward for coming in here. Thanks to Chantel Taylor, and also thanks to uh, Holly Custis. So uh, check it out next week, 306. We'll be talking Super Bowl 54 and more news and notes from the women's games. So have a great night, everybody.